the Askell Business Brunch. Hello and welcome to the Askell Business Brunch podcast. My name's Hayley Dunn and I'm Askell's Business Leadership Specialist. And I'm Louise Hartswell, I'm Askell's Conditions of Employment Specialist. And I'm Julia Harnden and I'm Askell's Funding Specialist. And on the podcast today, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about what Askell Council is all about, because I have to say, as a member, it was one of those things that I perhaps wasn't that connected with, um, but perhaps should have been. So we thought we might have a little bit of a conversation and try and demystify what it's all about and share with you some of the topics that our committee members have been discussing. Um, and for those of you that might be interested in taking part or putting yourself forward in the future for Askell Council um, to give you a little bit of advice on that. So um, let's start with um, uh, you, Julia. Should we come to you? And perhaps you could give us a little bit of an idea about what the purpose of Askell Council is. Okay, thanks, Hayley. Yeah, so um, I always think of Askell Council as, as the governing body, if you like. So that's easy for us to all sort of, you know, assimilate to our life um, in, in the school or across a trust. And in that regard, they are responsible for directing and controlling the organisation. Um, and it's also the engine room of our policy making. So it's where the elected uh, council members come together and really get an opportunity to reflect the membership, the views of the membership. Um, and we discuss all uh, policy areas, everything from curriculum to funding to leadership pay. Um, and it means then that this is the voice of ASCL. So for colleagues such as ourselves, when we're in conversations with DfE, ESFA, uh, ministers, or any other organisations, we know that we are reflecting uh, the, the voice of ASCL members. And which committee are you the lead specialist for, Julia? Um, I'm lead specialist for the funding committee. And what does your role within council look like? Uh, so uh, my role as lead specialist for the funding committee means that I work um, with the chair and the vice chair of that committee um, and we form um, what we call a triumvirate. So, so um, a team that works together to determine uh, the, the key areas or propose key areas for discussion by the funding committee. Um, my specific role in council council will be then to you know to put together an agenda working with those two elected members um, to um, source uh, any external speakers that are going to come and talk to us um, and then collate uh, we have a minute taker but collate um, the the notes meeting notes of the discussion um, and pick up on any action so it's it's a real sort of combination of operational duties as the lead um, specialist but also clearly there's a very strategic role there uh, to make sure that um, topics that we know um, are going to be um, high priority across the education sector are discussed at Askell Council. Uh, Louise if we come to you next I think it's slightly different for you because you have a, a joint arrangement in terms of the lead specialist so um, which committee are you partly the lead specialist for? Uh, yeah, I'm partly lead specialist for uh, the Conditions and Employment Committee. And what does your role within Askell Council look like? Uh, very similar to Julia. Um, I work very closely with the chair and vice chair from the committee and also the joint lead specialist, Jackson Schmelhouse. 
Kasky, uh, who's a pension specialist and also covers conditions of employment. So we put the agendas together and look at uh, different topics that are going to be coming up. There are certain things that happen on a cyclical basis. So we know that things are going to be discussed at certain points of the year. Um, we might have to put a briefing or information paper together for council on something that's uh, coming up. Some of the areas are quite complex or maybe make a presentation, prepare a presentation to take place at the meeting. And uh, as Julia said, those those positions that we come up with, those position statements are really useful in the work that we do, the work that the employer engagement team do as well, because um, that that is the basis on which we uh, review policies or consultations. And it gives us our um, the, the direction that we will respond to those policies or consultations in that we've got a firm position that is uh, ratified by council and that represents the views of our members. And what are the sort of the main topics that your committee has been discussing this term, Louise? Uh, this term we've been looking at uh, ongo- our ongoing work on school business leader pay and recognition. Uh, we've had feedback from the Task and Finish group. It's really great that we've got a couple of members of the Conditions and Employment Committee on the Task and Finish groups. So that's really helpful for us. Um, we're also we were looking at the, um, the STRB remit that we've uh, we're awaiting to be uh, issued, which now has been done just after the meet the meeting and we've also been looking at a lot of the pensions consultations and implications or potential implications for those uh, decisions moving forward. And Julia if we come back to you same sort of question what are the main topics that the funding committee has been discussing this term? Um, Really dominated by the spending review which occurred at the end of October um, this year so um, We've talked about the the submission that ASCO put into Treasury um, to sort of set out where we think uh, decisions should have been made regarding funding for the education sector. Um, and then post spending review, uh, we've had discussions about the impact of the decisions that were made there um, and talked um, about what that's going to mean for each particular part of, of the sector so everything from early years through to colleges and also looking at revenue uh, the impact of revenue uh, funding and capital as a result of the spending review um, and in mainstream um, and um, special schools of course. And Louise if we just come uh, back to you and to the conditions and employment committee which is the uh, the committee that you support when you're discussing issues and potential position statements are you doing that from the position of considering it from the employer's point of view or from an employee's point of view that's a really good question um we, we do consider things from both but um as a uh, you know as ASCO's core purpose of a trade union and particularly for the conditions of employment committee our priority has to be uh, from the employees. So we're always looking at the positions in uh, ensuring and protecting the very best uh, conditions of employment for our members. So uh, the position statements are often, um, it's it's what we would expect uh, from employers so that uh, it's the min- as a minimum, um, so that we're uh, that anybody that's employed by any employee uh, employers within the school or education environment, um, we, we urge them to follow the, our position on that so that we get the best terms and conditions for our members, particularly important where we've got academies that aren't um, obliged to follow the national paying conditions frameworks. Just to follow up on that, how does the work of the Conditions and Employment Committee link with that of the work that you do with the pay review body processes? 
Well, in its very basic form, uh, the position statements are actually where we start our evidence to the pay review body. Um, so we have position st- statements around um, that all uh, pay uplifts must be applied to all pay uh, pay ranges and allowances. So we don't support differentiated differentiated pay awards. Uh, all p- pay awards must be fully funded by the the government centrally. So that that that's the basic we're starting from, and then we provide the research. I do the research, and we provide the evidence to back up those claims. Uh, you know and provide things like that uh, the conditions and employment committee are involved when we pre- prepare the evidence and make sure that they're happy with the submission before it goes in and then the chair of the conditions of employment committee actually also gives um attends the oral evidence session with the pay review body um as part of the process as well Julie, if we just come back to you, I'm really interested. I mean, as we've talked about, council is very much a vital part of what ASCOL does from the point of view, from the feedback that we get from what's happening on the ground to that decision making and those position statement ratification. How was this adapted during COVID? Um, I think, I think first thing to say is I think we did incredibly well. I think there was an awful lot of... Um, agility shown there um, and from really quite early on uh, back in spring of 2020 we moved our council uh, meetings to uh, to virtual meetings as we've moved all other meetings to virtual meetings but um, as a reflection of the um, the urgency and immediacy of uh, the situation we made them much more frequent so instead of three or four times a year three times a year we moved to perhaps meeting I think at one stage we were meeting probably every couple of weeks, not for such a long period of time, although some of those meetings were necessarily lengthy. Um, but what that did um, was mean, it meant that our um, interaction with government, which as you know, we, we know um, has increased significantly over the period of the pandemic, we maintained that confidence in knowing that what we were saying was representing our members because council had an opportunity to input that very regularly and I, I think it's it's credit to council members really that, that gave up so much of their time at an incredibly difficult time to make sure that 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 continued but it was um it was in- incredibly successful in my view I completely agree, Julia. And I think of the three of us, Julia, you've been with us school the, the longest. How have you seen council change over that time? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, right, okay. So, I mean, it's always been a very well-oiled machine, um, and that is essential because um, a, a, setting aside the the pandemic period, there's a there's a quite a limited opportunity for um, dedicated council discussion across the year. So we have to manage that really carefully. We've always had to manage that really carefully to ensure the organisation can benefit from the input of experienced leaders whilst not taking them away from the day job. Um, So I have seen the constitution, which is like the rule book um, for ASCO Council, um, being reviewed by by ASCO um, leadership team and executive. and they have been, I know they have taken great pains to reflect uh, th- that that balance. Um, and the constitution has evolved uh, to support that. So, for example, when I first joined ASCO, we had four face-to-face meetings a year. We moved to three face-to-face meetings. Um, and the time that council has together, I think, has become even more focused 
Um, the use of whole council meeting time is very clearly targeted. Um, uh, an example of that would be how we're taking the blueprint building blocks in turn and giving all council members an opportunity to contribute. So not just um, at a committee level, so that particular area of policy that your committee supports, but the opportunity for everyone at council to contribute um, to those policy discussions on each each of the building block areas, which I think um, ha is is a is a really really good use of our time together and gives us the best opportunity um, to to use that huge amount of knowledge and experience that we have in that one room for a period of one and a half days, effectively. I completely agree, Julia. I think that that really important um, dual process of not only making decisions and position statements on existing policy, but also those um, that really important vision and action plan for the future as we try to, to influence a better education system for all children and young people. I think the blueprint's been absolutely pivotal in that. So, um, Louise, if I come back to you, as a policy specialist, what do you gain from being part of ASCO Council? Um, I think as a council, it's really good to get the interaction with, uh, you know, elected members and to because there's such a wide range because they cover all different regions and all different sectors and different phases. Um, you're making sure that the, the voice uh, of all our membership is heard and it, it really helps uh, speci as specialists in particularly in the work that I do uh, to ensure that you're getting that voice and that you're able to reflect that and go out to employers or to the other organisations the Department for Education and make sure that you're you're giving that message loud and clear that is exactly what the members want so um, I feel that and, and I think being part of the whole, whole council as well is that you're seeing that from the other committee's point of views as well and it's that how um, the conditions and employment position statements align with the funding committee's position statements and things like that. So I just find it really, really invaluable um, as, a, as a policy specialist. Is that the same for you, Julia? Do you gain the same from being part of ASCO Council? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, we've said that the council is the voice of members. So a specialist, we're sort of the mouthpiece, aren't we? Um, I guess quite often. So um, it, it, it's really valuable to be able to see not only your very specific policy area, but as Louise says, how that interacts with other policy areas, because it has to be um, a, a sort of holistic view, doesn't it? If we're really going to use our time wisely to benefit the sector, I think. And what advice would you give to business leaders considering putting themselves forward for ASCO Council elections in the future? And if uh, Louise, if I come to you first, uh, I would say go for it. Don't don't be put off. Um, it, it's an absolutely fascinating uh, experience, particularly if you get to go to the the full council events in person. Uh, it's a fantastic experience. Um, but I also think you know we. We, we say, as I as a ex-business leader myself, I was always told when I was on leadership team, you bring a different um, aspect and a different, um, you see things through a different lens. And I think that's just as important for our council that we've got that business leader representation to bring that diversity of voice. So I would say go for it and be that voice on the council as well as you are on your school leadership team. And Julia, you've got two uh, fairly new members to the funding committee who are both um, business leaders. What benefits has, has that brought and what advice would uh, would you have for business leaders considering? Well, first of all, um, 
I'm jumping from the rooftops. It's superb that we've got those two two new members um, on on Askel uh, Council, and 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 so we've had to speak from experience. We've had one face to face meeting, um, and the richness of the discussion was palpable, and that was. I think everybody appreciated that that was in no small way to do with the fact that we'd got such a broad range um, of knowledge and skill across different parts of the sector. So absolute success as far as we're concerned. We're, we're very happy about that. Um, so what what can, what can should people do? I mean, yeah, completely agree with everything Louise said. But, you know, if you're thinking about it, talk to people, talk to Hayley or Louise or, or talk to me or talk to... Um, more senior policy stuff in Askell. I don't, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that anyone would be pleased to have, you know, a, um, a private conversation about it. And I think there's a there's a, a sort of barrier that we've got to break where at the moment we're not overrun with business leader members on council. And that can be a barrier in itself if you can't see lots of person in, people in your role there. But, you know, you can be at the vanguard, really, of this. Absolutely, Julia, and and I think they bring such a, a wonderful diversity. So um, obviously, of course, I'm sure everybody would imagine that I would uh, hugely encourage <laughs> business leaders to to put themselves forward. And if anybody is interested, you can find information on our website all about council and when the elections are coming up in the future. I hope you find that interesting today, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us. The Askell Business Brunch.